Hello everyone and welcome to She Trails podcast with me, Julia. Here we celebrate female trail runners, the outdoors and movement. This is a podcast that aims to inspire you to explore new paths and seek your own adventures, whatever they may be. In today's episode, I am joined by Kelsey Price, a UK ultra runner and passionate coach. Over the past years, she has run different kinds of long-distance races in the UK and gone above and beyond what she thought she could achieve. We talk about her races, but also a lot about how the injury challenges that she encountered were the beginning of getting to know herself so well as an athlete and implement changes to be able to do what she loves for a long time. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. It's so good to be here. It's really good to have you. I'd love to start with a quick intro on who you are, uh, from you with your own words. Yeah, so I, I live in southeast London, although I'm actually originally from the Midlands. Day to day, I'm a management consultant and I focus on the health and wellbeing space, but I am a runner and I think that's where where our worlds collide isn't it so yeah I'm a runner I love running I'm also um, a running coach so I coach for a company called Camino Ultra. Amazing can't wait to dive into this. Uh, First if we take a step back I'd like to understand how you first encountered running. Yeah so probably not the most conventional route I never ever I was not a sporty kid. In fact, when when I was in year six, we had sports day and I actually fell out of tr- a tree the day before. Um, my mum, I, I turns out I broke my arm, but my mum thought she didn't take me to A&E because she thought it was because I wanted to miss sports day. That's how much of a non-sporty kid I was. But then when I was 17, my dad started doing marathons and ultras. And I think he saw that I was quite cute. We did a few runs together. I think he saw that I was quite curious about it so he he booked me a half marathon and at that time like the thought of running a half marathon just couldn't even comprehend it so long and I never ever would have had the confidence to even book anything like that for myself so we ran it together it was the hardest thing I'd ever done and couldn't walk for about a week after so that's how it all started um and then it became a bit of a, a running thing. So for my 18th birthday, my dad booked me a marathon. It makes it sound like he's really pushy. He's really pushy. But I think he kind of nurtured my curiosity um, bit, bit, because I think it's quite easy and probably more so as a female to think I can't do that. Definitely. Yeah, to have him sort of nurture it and, and push me out of my comfort zone and be with me along in that journey was was really amazing. And then it did actually become a bit of an ongoing joke. So I think for my 21st, he bought me my first ultra marathon. And then the distance has just got bigger and bigger. And now I, I do actually buy my own races, which is <laughs> unfortunately I have to pay for them myself now. <laughs> I love that. Since you're 21st, you tried ultra trail running. So like extra long distances, right? More than a marathon? Is that what it is? Yeah. So an ultra really is anything anything longer than a marathon. Okay. So that's how we define it. You said you that signed you up for it. How do you, I mean, how do you even prepare for such a long distance and how do you run it on the day? Like how does it feel? I mean, I think with these things, there's a level of, 
preparation that you have to do but then there's also a level of naivety which is beneficial because I think if you overthink the distance too much you can end up it can feel a bit overwhelming and you can end up talking yourself out of it so my my first ultra was 48 miles around Snowdonia and before that I'd only ever ran a marathon before which obviously is still a very long way but in comparison it felt like a really really big jump and I think there's a level of kind of just going in naive because it, it can feel too too big but then I think at the same time it's about embracing that journey and the training and just really beginning to enjoy it and not not putting pressure on yourself to and, and I think that's where I kind of noticed a big contrast between marathon running where you're spending your Saturdays you build up every week you're not doing that much on a Friday you know you've got your long run on the Saturday and you kind of need to tick off this distance at a certain pace and I think that's where my love for ultra marathons actually blossomed because it was so different to that it was just a case of time on feet and going and exploring the hills and walking bits walking definitely the uphills um and it felt really quite different to marathon training so although the distance feels more overwhelming I think there was a big element of it actually being a lot easier if that makes sense it sounds quite odd but yeah, I think that's why I love the ultra world and no one knows what a good ultra time is. So that's always. <laughs> that, you know what, that is true. I guess that's that's the point. It's more an adventure, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely an adventure. And I know that's something that you love doing as well. I've just seen on your Instagram all of the adventures that you go on, which is amazing. Yes, but you know what? It's always hard. And as you say, maybe even more as a woman to imagine myself to such distances. I do struggle with the idea. But I do also agree when I trained for the marathon, I found that aspect of not that it was boring, but I just didn't like that focus on the time. So, yeah, it's really interesting you saying that. And so your first ultra was 48 miles and you said it was in Snowdonia, which is with elevation. How was that? Oh, it was really difficult. Like I, I'm sure everybody probably says this after their first ma- ultra marathon, but I thought I would never do anything like that ever again after. Um, but the benefit is it does actually only get, I think it only does get easier. Like once you kind of learn to, when you're in those dark places, inevitably over that distance and it's really hard and you come out of it, your mental resilience almost teaches you that it's okay to be in those tough places and you can either, you can almost be over time and do, doing more and more and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone more. I think you kind of learn that you can be the observer of your feelings rather than actually be the feelings themselves. But the first, particularly that first ultra, was not at that place and I was the bad feelings and it was really 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 tough uh, but beautiful Snowdonia is yeah absolutely beautiful so since then you've done many more ultras many more races a lot of different ones as well and I just like to talk a little bit about what it brings to you and what do you think has brought to your life in general obviously you kept it up so it means that it's bringing you something good but it's always interesting to dive into that yeah no I love that question um gosh it brings so much I think I think the special thing for me and probably most other people about running is that it's kind of this perfect 
dichotomy. So you've got the, it brings you energy and it brings you new idea. You go for a run and feel completely kind of rejuvenated and energized. And there's, there's that element of it. But then on the flip side, it can bring you complete calmness and stillness and like mental silence. So it, it's completely contrasting and that you can go on one run and it'd be one side of the scale and another run, which is the other side of the scale. And I find it's normally my experience on the particular run. It's, it's what I need on that day. And you never really know what that is. And I find that the days where it's harder to get out are the days where I actually need need the run more than ever. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's an element of that that gives you kind of calmness in, in normal life as well. And I think when you're pushing yourself in particularly probably the longer distances and the feeling that you get from that, I think it kind of, when, when you're in your day-to-day life, it can make you make the small things that they don't matter because you're you kind of you've built that mental resilience and I think that for me it gives me that level of grounding and calmness and then at the same time the community I can't not mention that I think I mean runners are generally very friendly people aren't they so it definitely gives me a social a lot of my friends are runners which is I'm very lucky so we can quite often tie in socializing with runs and I think the the level of conversation that you can have I mean it's very different to when I love doing this too but going out for drinks with your friends and it's kind of more alcohol fueled maybe less organic whereas I think the the level of connection that you can get with people when you're running it's almost like you're in a therapeutic alliance you're side by side and you open up a lot yeah it's very interesting and I mean running in general but I think I don't know if it's just me, but trail running, especially I find so, like, it's so friendly. Like, the atmosphere is so friendly, even if you don't know the people. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually went to an event last night, which was full of all of these kind of people. There's a a movement called Run Grateful, and it was actually World Gratitude Day yesterday. So they were having, they had, like, a Run Grateful launch, and it's, like, how you can use movement not to be about times or distance but just about being present and being being grateful in the moment so yeah the, the connection of people and I think the trails definitely fuel that type of thing for sure I love that yeah I mean sometimes running is like a meditation as you say I guess it's our body being in motion so you went on and you did a lot of races you actually won several races ultras and I think smaller ones as well right I was wondering if you could tell us about one of your best running memory it doesn't have to be a race but maybe one of your best challenge or memory that you have there there have been many many but I would have to say best moment running ever if we were to pinpoint a particular moment would be so last year I ran Gloucester 24 hours so it was 24 hours just running around a track which if you'd have asked me, I mean, I was definitely on more on the trail side. I would never have ever have wanted to do a track 24 hour, but you hang out with weird people who encourage you to do weird things. So that's where I ended up on the track. And you know what? It was the most beautiful race I've ever done. You kind of, you start with these people, there's probably about 40 people and you finish with not all of them because they don't all last the 24 hours, but you finish with the, the same people. And at very last minute of 
for the very last second of the 24 hours, which you've just been completely nonstop running around this 400 meter track, you get given a beanbag and you drop the beanbag exactly where you are. And as you drop the beanbag, you drop it so that they can measure your final lap distance. Everyone drops their beanbag at the same time and yet you hear a big sound and then all of the people from the sidelines of the track just run on the track and you hug your friends and your family who have been watching you through this weird and wonderful 24 hours and the feeling of dropping that beanbag knowing that the 24 hours were over but also seeing everybody else drop their beanbag and kind of experiencing what emotions they were feeling I think that has got to be the the most magical the sun was shining as well and you kind of gone from the de- the light of the day before to the night and the dark and then the light of the new day and it, yeah it was just so so special um, yeah, my friends got it on video as well, which is so nice to watch back. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, that sounds like a crazy challenge, but I love that you you did that and you tried it out. <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, I would have never thought about it. But I mean, I guess it's kind of like at least you don't have to think where you're going, right? People can be here for you. I, I can imagine that at least you can have people next to the track that can give you aid station on the track. Is that a thing? Yeah, no, no, no. You have your um, you have kind of your crew who have set up with all your stuff on the side, which is a blessing, but also a curse. So normally, I, I think on trail races, you probably see your crew once every seven miles or so. You have a good hour of just running where you don't even have to think about what you need. Whereas the hard thing about running on a track is you kind of have to make decisions. Oh, do I need anything on every lap? very tempting to just go back and get more cake get more water um but obviously there's many benefits of that as well and being able to get things as and when you need it but yeah it was beautiful experience I love it would you do it again yeah so I've actually I've actually booked to do Crawley um there there are probably three big 24-hour track races in the UK there's Gloucester 24 there's Battersea 24 which is next weekend and then Crawley 24 um, which is in April next year so I've been drawn into the track again um so yeah I'll definitely look forward to that I'll be following (laughs) in terms of I guess dreams or challenges in running or ultra running that you've been eyeing up or thinking of is there any um specific one that you're thinking of doing yeah so I don't know if you've heard of Spartathlon yes I think so but it would be good if you can describe it Spartathlon um is quite a classic race from Athens to Sparta I think it's about 150 miles or so it's got a lot of history um in terms of ancient greek and all of that kind of thing and it's definitely on my bucket list to to do that run but it's also one of those that i know the race isn't going anywhere and i don't know if i'm quite quite ready for it just yet i think it is quite hot so i think i'd have to do quite a bit of heat training for that um but that's absolutely on my bucket list and also comrades in south africa but I think I'm just thinking of the holidays here. There's a bit of a theme that we've <laughs> I mean, running destination, you know, it's a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you? Have you got any bucket list runs that you would like to do? 
Well, I am thinking of doing the Snowdonia one in May. It's like 25k, I think. So I think it's a good start for me um, in terms of like elevation and stuff because I'm not used to it. But yes, I think this will be the next. Is that UTS? Yeah, it's the smallest one. Amazing though. It looks quite elevation-y. So if that's even a word, <laughs> so that's amazing. Even the small one, I imagine, is a real challenge. Yeah, I think for me it would be a good challenge and then potentially I would potentially one day try an ultra. I am thinking about it. And I think especially following you and even coming to Ultra, um I think I was lucky to go to the UK trail running uh festival and you were doing a run there, which was a fifty a fifty K on the Friday, right? And I did think to myself, you know, next year I would have loved actually to try and do it. But who knows? We'll be holding you to a cat. Is this Love Trails? Yeah. Next year. <laughs> it does make you think, you know, maybe it is possible and it's just a big day out. And maybe it's not. It's about not overthinking it, as you said. Absolutely. Sure. Actually, that brings me to a lot of trails. You did a talk, uh, which was really cool. A lot of people came uh, where you talked a lot about training. And it was really interesting. And it brought my attention when you... We're discussing, obviously, when we're running, we have a lot of joy and a lot of good things that happen. Sometimes we also can get injured. And this is also a different process and how to deal with it when you have a long time out of running. And I just would be interested to understand if you've encountered any big injuries now you dealt with it. So I most definitely, most definitely have. So back in... um 2020 what a beautiful weekend by the way before I go into this love trails how good was it in I think it was 2020 now I I did a 100 miler and um I just couldn't run after and it, it was almost a case of just not being able to put weight on my leg and I found out that I had fractured my my femur which although it's a stress fracture a hairline fracture doesn't sound very bad but if you keep putting weight on it especially in your femur with it being one of the biggest bones in your body then it, it can fully fully crack which obviously is never going to be good it could need surgery so I was on on crutches for about eight weeks and I just wasn't able to run for so long and this was still when it was covid times and I think over covid I really really lent on running more than ever because it was just that I mean, it was almost my purpose in the day. I think everybody, so there were so many new new runners over COVID, but also I think people who were already runners probably ran more than they'd ever ran. So that was really, really tough. And there were many benefits. I learned how to swim in the time at that time. Um, the next year, maybe just under a year after that, I did another race. I kind of turned a bit of a blind eye to that stress fracture. And then I did another race um, and ended up getting a tibial stress fracture. So I think that was a bit of a light bulb moment. I thought, okay, what is going on here? Um, this can't be good. And I think I kind of lost that love. I kind of began to doubt running, like whether it was right for me. And then I thought, no, I can't go down that route. I've got to actually think about what's going on with me um, to, to unpick this a bit more. And I, my menstrual cycles at this at the time were really quite long and probably up to about 60 days, always over 35 days, which I now know is the he healthy range. And I 
dug deeper into that and realized um, I went to speak to a sports doctor who helped me navigate all of it. Um, I found out that I had, firstly, iron deficiency. And iron is really important in building collagen in bone. And if you don't have collagen in bone, then your bones are likely to be more weak. Um, but I think the most important thing was learning about what is called relative energy deficiency in sport. So the cause of my stress fractures were to do with a dysregulation of of my hormones. And because my hormones weren't there, you, you need estrogen, which is a key um, key hormone. You need estrogen for bone and my estrogen wasn't right because I wasn't fueling enough. So it's, you can see how everything is linked. So I went on a really big journey in in learning kind of about nutrition. You wouldn't think nutrition is related to bone, but the hormones are sort of the middle center point of those two things. So I learned a lot about all of that kind of thing and touch words since, since kind of empowering myself and through my injuries, which I'm actually very grateful for now to have that experience with injury. I've learned a lot about kind of being a, a very mindful runner and making sure that I prioritize longevity in running rather than races and that's a bit quick thing and surprising you need to eat a lot more than than you actually think you do which is definitely not a bad thing <laughs> you're right and I guess it's difficult as well when you're running you don't really think about the eating I mean I don't really think about the eating part I don't really feel hungry when I'm running But I can imagine that for ultras and heavy training, it just plays such a big part. Absolutely. And I think you, you can quite often start your day and just go out for a run and and not even think you just want to get it done before you start work or do whatever you're doing. And I think that was a big thing for me is that I was almost fasting for too long so that and, and intermittent fasting at the time was quite trendy anyway and I know now that for men it probably has a different effect to what it does for women because it can for females it can really dysregulate your hormones but it's easy to just start your day isn't it to go off and start with a run and not even think about eating until until you've got home all of those things you kind of have to learn the hard way sometimes and I think that's definitely where I was at with it I remember like when I think when fasting was really trendy it was when say my hormones were all over the place and I think I saw someone and the first thing she said was that I needed to eat before my runs I needed to eat in the morning before a coffee or it just you know it was kind of like fasting was not for me <laughs> according to them and I think to be honest it's not and it's just not for everyone and especially for women I think on your cycles sometimes it's fine sometimes it's not absolutely yeah that's exactly it I think the first half of your cycle is generally more okay so you're a bit more resilient as to how you can cope but then on the second half you really do need to to eat and there's just so many intricacies with hormones and mood, even mood as well like you can just eating that bit more and making sure I do my runs fuel I just feel better in myself and I sleep better it's everything is so linked and I think that's the the fascinating thing about about running and perhaps where females are slightly more more complicated um than men for sure is that journey the start of you wanting to become a running coach or was that even before I started being an official running coach at the start of last year, so 2022. Yeah, so that was 
kind of coincided, which was really, really quite insightful because I now coach quite a few female runners, which I absolutely love. And I think even things like ha- having conversations with coaches about menstrual cycles, it's not probably things that are, are traditionally done, but are very, very important things to to discuss. And I think even just being mindful of some some days, your motivation might not be quite there and you can beat yourself up for that but then when you go back to the root that you yeah your hormones aren't lending yourself to want to go out for a run because what what your body wants you to do is to just nest today and but actually going out and having a really easy run is probably going to make you feel better so it, it's navigate navigating all of those things but then if you really don't want to go that's okay too you know and it's I think moving beyond numbers on spreadsheets and that there are some really great apps at the moment for running coaching and there's so many good plans online that you can get but I think that extra layer of that why and you're a female and being in touch with sort of how you can use your hormones and menstrual cycle as your superpower at different points in your cycle um is something that I'm super super interested super interested I don't know about you but I find on certain days I can be like what why do I feel so crap today and why am I I've got no power and then you look at your hormones and you think actually that it all makes sense now yeah and I guess an understanding isn't it like just for me it's been a bit it's been a nice way to kind of know myself a little bit better and think you know if interval session doesn't go well today it's okay like it's not the end of the world uh, but sometimes being kind to yourself is hard because you, you do want to do your training plan as it is and you just want to but I think this is where having a special coach can help because when you do try to follow a spreadsheet which I did for my first marathon I do remember thinking like feeling just a bit lost and not being able to do all of them and just feeling like oh is that normal like <laughs> sometimes I find the, the spreadsheets actually tell you that you need to do more than you really do and then they kind of over egg it sometimes I think which makes it even harder to fit around life and I think a lot of people get a coach because they want accountability to do their sessions but then I think sometimes having a coach to say it's okay if you don't do that session also is quite a nice thing yeah and as you say maybe there are too much on those training sometimes because now I've kind of switched it and I because we all have busy lives like I mean and sometimes it's hard to fit it around that. I mean, I'm quite slow as well, so it would take me longer <laughs> to do a run, you know. So you do need to have some time to do it and make sure you can dedicate that time for it. What's your go-to time of day for running? I really like to go in the evenings after work, but obviously this is drawing to an end. So, yeah, what about you? Uh, I'm very... I do mix it up quite a lot. I think if I'm working from home like you I quite like to go after work so I can almost detach my day from my evening but then if I'm in the office I like to do it before because I feel like an office day you just want to get home after so yeah I like to mix it up I do like a lunchtime run as well I think if there's a run that's going to slip and end up not happening it will be a lunchtime run because the days can end definitely <laughs> definitely unfortunately really but yeah by being a running coach, what do you think is the most enjoyable about this for you? So, you know what? I get as much from watching people finish races that I have supported to, to do so in some way or another. And a lot of times it's people that I get as much from that 
sometimes as finishing my own races. So recently had two people finish UTMB a couple of weeks ago and just being able to kind of live UTMB through them doing it and and knowing how hard they worked and kind of being close to that was the most amazing thing and I think there's so much to learn from people being a coach and kind of everybody is so different as well and everybody responds differently to different things and needs a different approach and I think from a learning perspective that that's just amazing so yeah probably those two things being part of people's experience I just find amazing and also how much there is to learn from people who are coaching which is really nice I love that UTMB was really exciting I actually followed it quite a lot I found it I found it quite emotional to see the live when people arrived there Is that one through Chamonix when, uh, yeah, it's so amazing. We'll have to get out there one day. We will. (laughs) (laughs) We will, for sure. My last question, I guess, would be, what would be your best tips for people that either want to start running, want to start trail running, or want to start more adventures or bigger races that they would feel intimidated to try? Yeah, so tips, I would say... Don't be afraid to join a community. I think it can feel quite, people say, oh, I'm not a runner. If you've never ran, and I think there's no such thing as that. If you run, you're a runner. And I think once you join these communities, you realize how how inclusive they actually are. And there are loads of communities out there. It's just finding the right one for you. And I think there's running clubs that are focused on times and leagues and things like that but then there are so many clubs that are more focused on on community and I I mean last weekend I was doing litter picking running as part of sort of purposeful adventure and I think it's making it so it's not just about the running it's about the social it's about doing good in your community um, and really finding that inner joy so that you kind of take take the pressure off and I think there's also an element of being a little bit fearless and I think it goes back down to what I said early with my dad and how he kind of made the decision for me because it, it can sometimes feel like you how am I going to run a marathon or how am I going to do 10k or whatever it looks like obviously it's all relative but it's having that self-belief because not a lot of people aren't as lucky as I was with my dad and they kind of have to do make those decisions themselves and just have that self-belief and I would just really encourage anybody to push themselves out of their comfort zone and enjoy enjoy the journey and I think for me make training flexible make training flexible don't be rigid with it because if you do that you you can end up feeling like a bit of a slave to the training and I think once you find that joy then you've got that you're more likely to be consistent and if you're consistent then you'll have a good race so it's all all very linked but I think yeah pretty much all comes down to purpose joy and adventure I absolutely love that answer finish we have three closing questions um who inspires you Oh gosh, there's so many people that inspire me every single day, always. Um, I'm a very curious person. I love people and watching people, but I'm very inspired. Do you know Carla Molinaro? Um, 
she is an ultra runner and she is just so cool and I find her very inspiring she's so consistent she's always racing and I don't think I'd want to be always racing but she's just very inspiring she has like her own strength and conditioning stuff as well and she seems like a very happy runner which I think is most important so I found her was she at love trials she was yeah oh I think I went to her class yeah I went to her yoga love trails it was next to the castle but I think she had quite a lot of things going on that weekend yeah I think I went to her class which was kind of like very active yoga at toward like Thai lot for train running it was good yeah no she's the one mm, cool and who would you like to hear on this podcast Carla <laughs> I've also I've got a friend called Annie B who's like the most joyful person she's like the kind of person who lights up the room of any energy she gives energy whenever you see her and she always lights up the room so if not Carla then maybe her okay okay cool and the last one is what is your favorite song on your running playlist oh gosh and it's hard (laughs) really hard it's a bit old now and it's also a bit cringy for me to say this but you know the song called by eliza rose called baddest of them all (laughs) (laughs) i love that What I'm with Fred again, I'm very varied. It depends what mood. I can go from kind of slow stuff to really fast, funky stuff. So that's a really hard question, but probably baddest of them all by Eliza Rose. Good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. It was amazing and super interesting to talk to you. No, thank you so much. This has been great. I've really enjoyed the chat. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. We would love to have your feedback or if you feel like sharing it with someone or putting it up on Instagram. We always like to know where you are tuning in from. Don't forget to also sign up to the Shitrail Substack to stay tuned on the upcoming stories coming out. Talk to you all soon and keep exploring.